Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone today? Welcome to yet another episode of Morning Commute with In Defense of Liberation. In Defense of Liberation is a show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and one day soon a true proletarian revolution. But until we fully understand what that means and have the organization and capability to commit ourselves to those goals, uh, this is, you know, a show with me, your host, Josh, talking about stuff that's on my mind. So anyways, uh, for those of you who it's the first time tuning in, um, this is not necessarily an educational or, uh, you know, well-researched, I guess, uh, analysis. This is mostly just me going through some of the news headlines that I've seen, uh, talking about some of the geopolitical stuff going on, talking about organizing stuff going on in my own life, and just kind of talking about whatever is in this uh, brain of mine. But uh, if that is something you're down with and something you'd like to you know, sit down and listen to. I hope that you will, and I hope that you will enjoy it. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me and let me know how I can make this show better. Uh, Let me know how I can uh, get guests on that you folks want to hear from. And uh, let me know if uh, this show has helped you uh, feel uh, encouraged or, uh, you know, uh, felt uh, a a responsibility to go organize because, Um, Ultimately, this is a a show that is intending to disseminate information so as to inspire and embolden people to uh, take action uh, and to take their destiny, their communities, and power into their own hands. So, um, yeah, I uh, hope everyone is well. Uh, I've been doing uh, all right. Um, I've been kind of keeping up with the podcast, been connecting with more and more folks uh, as frequently as I can. Um, And, uh, you know, I have a few different forms of organizing that I've been doing. Um, I'm kind of making my way into uh, organizing because, you know, I think a lot of us struggle with finding not only the time, but the motivation and the opportunity to get out and organize, Um, especially in my area, there is a very uh, reactionary base here, uh, conservative and liberal, that uh, I find uh, makes it a little bit difficult to do some of the things that we're trying to do, that combined with the fact that I, you know, am employed full-time, 40 hours a week, uh, and, you know, every other excuse under the sun that everybody else has, um, it's made it difficult, but I've, I've finally really, you know, in the last year or two been forcing myself to kind of take my own, (laughs) you know, advice, and, uh, rather than simply posturing, and feeding my own ego through, you know, selfishly absorbing 
uh, incessant amounts of information that almost becomes trivial because I'm not actively applying it or using it to reshape the way in which that I, you know, live my day-to-day life. Uh, and, and really, ha- I've been trying to put it to myself as much as I put it to everyone else that I talk with that even if the few opportunities you have to get organized are very small and you feel or they seem as if they are not as effective as you want them to be, you know, don't, don't beat down on yourself. Don't, don't get down on yourself and especially don't give up because really we have to start somewhere not only do we have to start somewhere, but we have to use this starting point as a base, as an anchor. And through developing, you know, things like relationships, we are able to then further our opportunities and our ability to get more organized, to do more things, and to do more effective things. So, you know, take heart um, and, and and don't drag yourself down any more than, you know, the system around you and the ruling class wants you to be dragged down. You know, don't, don't let them do it any more than they already are. There's a few other things that have been kind of on my mind. You know, mental illness is one of them. So many of the homies, you know, have PTSD, have ADHD, OCD, BPD, uh, depression, anxiety. Um, So many of, like, my family members have, like... And, I mean, this could probably speak to just about everyone, but, you know, a lot of my family members... And friends have like deep, deep trauma. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, I laugh because it's like almost it's it's incredible how many people I know have dealt with such absolutely traumatizing life experiences, and a lot of them, you know, because of the life we're forced to live where we got to go to work every day. Most of us doing that and yet still somehow not able to pay our bills. We have to, um, you know, miss out on a lot of our connections with uh, other humans, whether they be family, friends, or others. We also see that the co-option of the psychological, psychiatric, and, you know, just mental illness treatment in general by the pharmaceutical industry and by consumerism has further intensified and damaged the millions and millions of people who every single day have to live with this dread, this hopelessness. And, you know, I've been discussing with a lot of my friends about the fact that 
like when we organize that has to be like a militant front like we have to be pounding away at the necessity to like foster deep relationships with people not out of some idealistic notion that we're all going to sing kumbaya and love one another i mean one thing that we also have to recognize is we have to organize with people that we might not fucking like uh, we might not be besties with every person we organize with. That's okay. We have to find a way to course through the contradictions and the difficulties and complexities that come with trying to build a new world, a new mindset, a new framework of existence while still within a pre-existing and reactionary one. Because the way in which capitalism destroys people mentally, physically, emotionally, and the deep, deep cuts it takes to people's psyche and ability to heal cannot be attacked at an individual level. It cannot be something that we're each you know, just in therapy for or just taking medication for. These things are useful in their, you know, uh, in in the cases where they are uh, recommended. However, disconnected from a loving and supporting community, disconnected from healthy and genuine relationships, disconnected from, you know, a stable livelihood, These things kind of falter in the face of, you know, desperation and and dire conditions. I mean, how much can counseling and, uh, you know, uh, just about any antidepressant that you can think of, how much of an effect would that really have for the thousands upon thousands of rural uh, you know, indigenous, uh, Latino, and black uh, workers and migrants who work seven days a week, 12 to 14 hours a day, have to leave their family, are incapable of finding stable housing, oftentimes uh, are discriminated and, and, and beaten on and abused and do not at all Uh, have the uh, ability to afford the things that they need because their jobs pay them pennies on the dollar. And also, you know, how much of an effect does medication have on people who every single day have to live in a world where they're not in control, where they're not given the ability to truly live life freely, safely, and happily. I'm thinking here of nations all throughout the global south that have had to deal with colonialism, imperialism, monopoly capitalism, and fascism. <coughs> I, um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's something that we can only attack through organization. I think that, you know, in the Red Deal, they say... And that's the Red Deal, Indigenous Action to Save Our Earth by Red Media. Um, You should check that out. But they say that communal and collective 
organization and and development are the only way that we can take on this collective trauma because to really approach it individually and for us each to be so hyper focused on our own suffering not only you know there's kind of three things to say about this one it leads to further mental illness and emotional trauma it also is not you know the most realistic and rational way to approach a problem any other problem or any problem that we have oftentimes we go to people who have the expertise and the experience and the know-how to handle this problem and can advise and possibly assist however we need so to attack these things individually to isolate ourselves and to try to heal ourselves through you know these liberalized forms of uh, healing and capitalized on commodified forms of self-help does not actually lead to success. And the third thing I'll say is we need support. And we don't need support from the pharmaceutical companies. And we certainly don't need to give our support to them. We need support from genuine and healthy relationships between human beings. That is one of the most crucial, uh, you know, missing keys to our ability to organize also is this deep, deep necessity for socializing uh, that human beings require and have required throughout historical societies. We have lived together in community for the purpose not only of survivability, but for the deep, deep, deep social character that is the foundation to human existence. We know this more than just some deep ideal. We know this materially because also if we look at the development of history since the onset of class society, we see a further connectivity of different regions and different peoples. We see what is called the socialization of the workplace. We see what is called um, uh, um, proletarianization. What we were told was called urbanization. That's probably something we've heard. Is one form, one time period, one way in which human beings through the development of human existence and society has further connected and developed community between different communities. Now this hasn't always been good. These connections and relations have not always been positive ones. Think of the transatlantic slave trade, the sex trade, the fur trade. Think also of colonialism and imperialism. But if we take these things for their material reality that they have created today, we are now far more connected than we ever have been. We have far more information about one another than we ever have before. We have far more technological capabilities to connect with physically and transport things to regions that formerly would have been cut off from society. And we have a knowledge because of all of this that can further our development as a human, uh, you know, society 
that takes this pre-existing connectivity and flips it on its head. Instead of it being a connectivity based on imperialism, colonialism, patriarchy, and oppression, and exploitation of the millions and billions by a few wealthy capitalists, banks, militaries, and governments, we instead can rid ourselves of the oppressors, rid ourselves of the systems based on exploitation by taking power into the hands and by the hands of the working and exploited people themselves and implementing societies, implementing economic changes, implementing dictatorial policies based not on the exploitation of the many by the few for the benefit of the few, but instead the oppression and repression of the former exploiters and oppressors by the majority, the millions and billions of formerly exploited and oppressed people. Now, this is hard to conceptualize because we do not have any frame of reference, especially here on Turtle Island in the last 500 years, of what it looks like to live in community, of what it looks like to have power in the hands of the people. Supposedly, according to our Constitution and many of our founding government documents and uh, a lot of the initial sentiments of the colonists and the settlers that came to Turtle Island and settled it and renamed it America, a lot of those uh, sentiments and ideals used this reference of freedom, of people power, of a breakaway from monarchy and absolutism and religious persecution And yet, at the Constitutional uh, uh, Congress, I think it was called, in 1787, George Jackson talks about this in Blood in My Eye, of the people who signed and ratified the Constitution, two of them were not employers. Meaning, all of the people who wrote this fanciful document with these ideals of, you know, liberty and justice for all, yet explicitly not for all, all with asterisks and parentheses around that says equal to white landowning males. But were preached to and propagandized and brainwashed and misinformed and misled to believe that any of that bullshit meant anything other than, hey, we're going to come in here and we're going to steal the land from the indigenous people, right? Anybody that tries to do anything, we're going to kill them. We're going to steal their daughters and wives. We're going to burn their villages down. We're going to destroy their commerce. We're going to eradicate any and all, you know, prior existing structures and and communalism. And because, geez, wow, these people that we've actively been committing genocide against don't want to be our free slave labor. We're going to go also to the continent of Africa. And we're also going to go into Latin America and the Caribbean. And eventually also Asia. 
And we are going to take the land, the resources, the labor force. And when this eventually leads to a situation where we are outnumbered, we will find new ways to oppress these folks, to exploit the global south. That is the reality of each and every founding document, of each and every reform, of each and every state, department, and government administration that has existed here on Turtle Island since colonization, since the very first form of it set foot on this land. Now, we can do something about that. This is something I wanted to talk about. We can do something about that, all right? You want to know how I know this? Because um, indigenous people have been saying it for the entire time. For 500 years, they have been actively trying to engage with people who are not the main front or at least not the most explicit front of genocide against them that we in fact must and can rid ourselves of the colonizers, of the imperialists, of the capitalists, and we can make it work. But we got to do it the right way. We can't come in here and say, all right, cool. So we got rid of the Rockefellers, you know, we got rid of the Bezoses, we got rid of the Musk, but uh, we've got it from here, y'all. You know, white folks and, and, you know, quote, Americans of all, you know, kind cannot, cannot come in and try to dictate and decide how it is that things are going to be run from here. Because if we look also to the global south, we see that true liberation, true emancipation from the capitalist and imperialist system can only be predicated on the dictatorship of the working and exploited class. Meaning, That those who have done the exploiting, those who have done the oppressing, can no longer be given the ability to decide or dictate how it is that society will be run in any way, shape, or form. Now, this is difficult because if we look historically... Groups of people from within the uh, ruling class have had to been captured and essentially remolded and used for their knowledge and ability to be capitalists. In places like China, in places like Vietnam, Russia, and elsewhere, they have had to be subject to a global capitalist system, which if they do not find a way to participate in, will suffocate them and strangle them. And encircle them. This is what's happening to China now. This is what's been happening to Cuba for 60 years. And the blockade on Cuba now. This is what is happening to places like Iran and Syria. And this is what is happening to places like Afghanistan and Venezuela. 
who have money, millions of dollars, which they need to be able to feed their people, to be able to give them medicine, to be able to give them housing. And it's sitting in foreign banks because it was stolen. Remember, this is why they have the biggest banks. This is why they have the power in the global north. Global north is because they stole it. They stole it. And they didn't just steal it. They didn't just come in and take it and leave. They massacred people. They slaughtered thousands upon millions. They destroyed entire countries, resources, lands, water, and air. They eradicated entire people groups off of the face of the earth. Now, do we think that these groups deserve any sympathy from us, any compassion from us? I do not think so. But in understanding that, you must understand that we take them prisoner. We hold them down. And we make them do what it is that we need them to do until they are no longer useful to us. And then like any other used and useless item, we will discard of them. But to do that, we have to have power. We have to have the ability to decide for ourselves that, hey, we are going to appropriate the wealth and the resources as well as the factories and the equipment that the Bezoses, the Musks, and the others have. We are going to give it to the people whose lands and whose lives have been stolen by these people. We are going to give them full dictatorship and decision over these structures. And we are to do it in a way that builds a multipolar, multi-ethnic, multinational, proletarian, international dictatorship. But we have to start with relationships. Like, to get to that point, why should any of you give a fuck about what I have to say? Why should any of you give a fuck about the person next to you not being able to eat? I can't decide that for you. I can't decide for you what you believe is right and necessary to be able to correct these issues. I can tell you what it is that I have learned. I can tell you what it is I have read. And I can tell you what it is that I believe. But I can't do anything more than that. I can help to organize. I can learn from your own experience as well. And I can build connections with you. And I can build connections with organizations in my area, as can you. I can develop relationships with people in my area, as can you. So, what I want to say in closing here is this. If we look at nations like Nicaragua, China, Cuba, Vietnam, and we sit here and we say, okay, you know, cool, they call themselves socialists, but I I don't think they are because, you know, they have markets, they participate in international capitalism, they trade with countries that, you know, are, you know, in every way terrible. Do a little bit more studying about the consequences and the response that comes 
to those who instead isolate themselves from the global capitalist markets, defend themselves and militarize against the capitalist and imperialist powers, refuse to trade with countries or cannot trade with countries because of embargoes and sanctions. Look at the realities that face the people. Because that's who we're trying to help, remember. We're not trying to help ourselves. We're not trying to help our own ego. We're not trying to feed our own ideological, you know, uh, prowess. What we're trying to do is we're trying to help the people. We're trying to solve the issues that capitalism and imperialism create and continue to foster every single day. And we are trying to eradicate the systems of oppression and exploitation that exist here on Turtle Island and across the world. So, in closing, my friends, I would like to stress that Leonard Peltier has COVID. He needs to be freed. He needs to be placed in a hospital and he needs to be set free and made innocent. The right thing needs to be done. It's been 46 years today. Today, we must have solidarity with Leonard Peltier. We must rise up for Leonard Peltier. We must learn the history of the American Indian movement. We must learn the history of colonialism here on Turtle Island and its continuing uh, uh, nature. We must learn about how indigenous people's lands, waters, and air have been destroyed by capitalism and imperialism and we must understand that right now indigenous peoples all across the world are actively engaged in struggles actively building people's movements and actively setting demands like the Cochabamba agreement in Bolivia and others which show a true internationalist and multinational realization of the world that can be the only way forward. We can no longer have U.S. dictatorship. We can no longer have U.S. or European empire and imperialism. We must demand an abolition of NATO. We must demand that the United Nations either follow the the U.N. charter or disband. And if they must disband, we ourselves, the people, must be developing internationalist communities and organizations intent on creating forums and uh, positions as well as uh, power capable of eradicating the forms and the forces which are leading to reaction and and absolute repression against billions of people worldwide. The last thing I will say is this. If there's anything that you can do, drop off food, hats, clothes, scarves, um, write letters, call politicians, organize demonstrations, make signs for demonstrations, uh, get, you know, housing for people, uh, be, you know, pro bono legal representation, uh, help people in tenants, you know, unions organize their buildings, uh, feed your neighbor. You know, there's so many ways, so many things that we each can be doing on a day-to-day basis. And if you can be doing that, my friends, I would like to say in closing, go do it. Because we know that the world, essentially, the world's powers have given up on solving the pandemic, 
solving inequality, all except a few. You know, China, that's the foundation of their, you know, state. That's the foundation of their country. So, you know, call them socialist or not, I don't give a fuck. Look at the difference between what China does and what the United States does. I think that that's a clear distinction, and if you ignore that, you're a fool. Um, But also realize that learning from the mistakes of socialist, national liberation, and resistance struggles before is one of the most important things we can do. And to simply just read a book and learn it for our own benefit and not use it to further the organization, connection, community, and solidarity between the working, oppressed, and exploited people of this world, then we are using that for our own gains and nothing will come of it. Nothing but a big head and a swollen ego. Just like I've had and continue to have and continue to try to struggle against. So as I say this, remember, I'm not necessarily saying I'm better. But what I am saying is that we all, all need to be continuously trying to correct these things and critique ourselves as well as our organizations when it is necessary and fruitful and trying to develop better and more uh, successful forms of organizing. But anyways, folks, it was great speaking with you. I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone is staying safe. And I hope to speak to you soon. Peace out, everybody. Stay well. Stay revolutionary. We'll see you next time. Bye.